Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us here today, and good morning while there is still some morning left. If you are here with us, you can go ahead and take a seat today. If you are joining us online, once again, welcome. We are glad that you are here as well. I am Pastor Gabe, wishing you a Merry Christmas. I know it's early, but it's Christmas season, and we are uh, here for our actual last in-person Sunday of the year. Um, we will not be having service next Sunday, the December the 19th, or December the 26th. We would hope that you would take this time as Christmas comes these next couple of weeks to uh, enjoy some time with your family, uh, enjoy some rest, and enjoy some time to celebrate together as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Uh, another change that is happening this year, well, not this year, but next year, as we move into the new year, into 2020, I'm still not sure that I believe it's going to be 2020 yet. It still feels like the year just started yesterday, and here we are at the end of it. But... Uh, as we begin the year 2020, we're going to be making some changes here at Emmanuel Church with our, uh, uh, along with, inside of our Spanish service, our English service is going to be moving to a new time next Jan- in January, and we're going to be moving to the new time of 1 p.m. in the afternoon. So all of you that like to wake up late on Sunday, now you don't have an excuse to not join us. No, I'm kidding. But now we are going to be moving to 1 o'clock on Sunday uh, afternoons, starting in January, the first Sunday of January, which I believe is January the 2nd. And we hope that you would have a chance to join us. We will also be moving from this sanctuary space to our building next door, which we call our annex building. We will be moving to that. So if you're here in person, you know what I'm talking about. If you're watching online, well, and you join us online, well, we're, we're just changing time for you. Uh, just 1 p.m. So don't forget about that. We'll be, of course, making uh, sure that you remember reminding you throughout this season. And we're not going to be just, uh, uh, it's not going to be radio silence from us. You are going to be hearing from us over the course of the next couple of weeks through our social media network uh uh, channels, accounts as well. And on Christmas Day, we will be holding a special live stream, uh, a live stream premiere for Christmas Day. Uh, just a bit of encouragement and celebration with us on that day. Um, this Wednesday, we're also holding a special end of our e-group celebration alongside of our youth ministry. So if you are part of that or just want to join us because you like parties, you can join us this Wednesday at 7. With all that out of the way, we are glad that you are here. And if you want to continue to support us, you can give online in every way that we have available. But today, I'm going to be talking about a message that I'm calling Reflecting on Christmas. And I want to keep through the idea that uh, I started last week. And I started last week talking about Mary, 
um, in her song that was called the Magnificat. In her song in which she prophesied and spoke on who God is and who Jesus was going to be and the purpose of Him coming to this earth to connect us back with God again and to right injustice in the world and to change the way we saw God and reconnecting with God. And I I liked the idea that I, I wanted to focus again on Mary. Because Mary is central to the story uh, of Christmas. She is the one who gave birth to Jesus. God chose her to give birth to the Messiah. And there is so much of her character that is important for us to pay attention to. Because the reality is, is that Mary, no matter how much we try to spin it, was unimportant in history. She was a no one. She was a teenage girl who just got wrapped up in something that she maybe didn't even fully understand or wasn't, what maybe was scared of or didn't realize that she would be talked about 2,000 years later. She was someone in, in her time that was unimportant. As a woman, women in those days did not have rights. Most of the time they were viewed as property and to, to, to verify that, Mary was probably like 14, 15, 16 years old, while Joseph was most likely in his 30s. And and that's probably why we don't hear about him. I don't know what happened to him, but he's not much in the story. But Mary is important to the story. But Jesus comes to us through Mary, someone who is unknown, relatively obscure in her lifetime. And not only that, the story of Jesus represents so much about that, the quiet and the ordinary of life. You see, Jesus didn't really come with a bunch of fanfare and announcement, and people didn't really know what was going on with Jesus. And I said this last week, we tend to try and manicure the nativity story and make it bigger and brighter and flashier than it really was. When in truth, the nativity story, the coming of God in human flesh came in relative obscurity in the dark of the night when no one else was paying attention. No one else would have known had God not said anything to anyone. It was quiet and it was ordinary. In the middle of just an ordinary thing. And that's where we're going to start and look into our story today in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. This is the typical, what we know as the Christmas story. And it starts pretty mundane. If you look at the other Gospels, they start kind of just right off in the story of Jesus being born. And here was Jesus, and he was born in this nativity, and born in this... They start right away, but Luke tries to pin down exactly when it happened... And it just shows us how much of an ordinary thing was going on. In verse 1 of Luke chapter 2 it says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. How Ordinary is that. Just 
an everyday thing. Well, not an everyday thing. Not every day we take a census. But in the United States, we take a census every 10 years. And it's as if the story was starting with this year. In fact, last year, they took the first census. Uh, uh, well, they took not the first census. They took a census last year, the census of 2020. And so it would have been like saying that. In 2020, they took a census. And this is where Jesus was born. It was just something run of the mill, something that happened, something that was normal, that they would do every once in a while to count the people of the Roman Empire. And this is where we begin the story of Jesus, just the ordinary things of life. Something that was happening because it had to happen. Verse 4, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line. Of David, He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed by what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured these things, all these things up and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So the most glamorous thing about this story is the angels. They just suddenly appeared and started praising God and telling the, the shepherds who were just in the middle of doing their job about what had happened. We find the shepherds just doing their job. We find Mary and Joseph taking part in a census simply in a family, visiting family so that they could be counted in the census. That's one thing we don't realize about the, the story. That we always say there was no more le- room left in the inn, but it wasn't an inn. They were probably staying with family. They just didn't have a guest room available. And they said, well, you're going to have to sleep with the animals because there ain't no more room in the house. We're full. And so here they are, just with their family. No one else knows about what is going on except for the fact that God happened to tell some shepherds in the middle of all of this. And the thing that is amazing to me, the thing that amongst all of this ordinary that is happening, is that all of this obscurity that's happening, in the small town of Bethlehem, all of this is happening. And Mary's response, her response to this in verse 19 was, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
You see, Mary is an example to us of how we should respond to the Christmas story. Mary is an example to us of what we see God doing in the ordinary of life to bring about something amazing. Because the truth is, like we said, Jesus came to this world into obscurity. He came in a small town, was born in a small town, was born in a house that didn't have any room for them, in the middle of an ordinary thing, in the middle of a census, to a girl who was just about to get married, whom maybe her family didn't even want her there, honestly. They were like, man, she got pregnant before they even went through with the marriage. I don't know what they're doing, what is going on. There was scandal, there was all this stuff, and Mary was there in the middle of it all. And no one knew. No one knew what was happening. They just knew a baby was coming. It was ordinary. It was normal. When we think about, when we think about Christmas, can't speak right. When we think about Christmas, we, we want things to be big. We want things to be exciting. You know, a, a couple years back, I had this feeling and I started saying to myself, you know, Christmas isn't just like how it used to be. And the reality is, is that it's not because I'm not a kid anymore. Christmas was big and bold and loud and bright when you're a kid, because that's who oftentimes everything is for. The lights are for the kids, the presents are for the kids. And nowadays I get like not as much as I used to, you know, you, you want to get all the gifts and everything like you used to. And, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't appreciate socks. But now if someone gave me socks, I'd probably be like, hey, that's a pretty good gift. I could use some socks. I could use some clothes. But it's different. Things have changed because I've grown up. I've changed. But that's what we still expect. We still want Christmas to be big. We still want Christmas to be extraordinary because we want our lives to be extraordinary. We're always looking for some way, somehow, to make our lives more interesting. We hate being bored. We hate being bored. We love to be entertained. We always try to find something to do. We, we feel like if we are not having an exciting life, then somehow we failed. Somehow life is not right if we're, we're not successful by the, by the definitions of the world that we live in. We're always looking for the next best thing, the next big thing, the next exciting thing in our lives. Because the ordinary is just too boring for us. We're looking forward to when our vacation comes. We're looking forward to when we're going to have a party or a birthday celebration. Because all the days leading up to it just seem too meh. Same in, same, same, same in and out. I wake up, go to work. Come home, go back to sleep, and I do it all over again. It's routine. But God can use the obscure everyday moments of life. The, the, the things that nobody wants, the things that nobody likes, the boring moments in our lives, the ordinary moments in our lives to do something extraordinary. We hate the mundane. We crave for something exciting. But God can speak to us in the day in, day out of life if we allow him to. But we are going to need to shift our perspective. We're going to need to change the way we look at things. Because clearly the story of Jesus was anything but ordinary. It was extraordinary. 
It was God being born as a human to live among us and to show us that life is so much more than we thought. To give of who he was for humanity to reconnect us with himself. It was anything but ordinary, but he used the ordinary. He used the mundane. That's how we see Jesus' life. For the first 12 years, we hear nothing. And then we have one story when Jesus is 12 years old. That's it. One story. And it was when his parents lost him. And they're like, I thought he was with you. No, I thought he was with you. And they had to go back and find him. And then we don't hear anything again for another 11 years before Jesus started his ministry. Jesus lived the ordinary life. But the same way, through that ordinary, God used him. God spoke to him. God did things in his life and did things through him that God can do the same for us if we will just shift our perspective. But to, in order to do that, we have to do what Mary did. Because Mary understood that something extraordinary was happening. Even if anybody, everybody else didn't see it. Even if everybody else didn't understand it. Because let's be honest, the shepherds, they were amazed by what had happened to them. And they went out and told a bunch of people. But who really even remembered that? Oh, you know, one year, that one year, there was like some shepherds. And they were talking about some angels or something. I, like, I don't know. They must have been crazy. They're out there in the middle of the night hallucinating. Who knows what they were doing? Nobody remembered. It stayed obscure. It stayed in the quiet. But Mary knew something was happening. And the verse 19 tells us that she took all of this and contemplated it in her heart. Contemplation is the speed at which we need to experience the holiday season because it's easy to get caught up in the hustle and the bustle, the movement, the activity, the things that are going on. It's easy to try and want to keep moving. I got a Christmas shop. I got to finish shopping. And like sometimes we're doing that up until Christmas Eve because there's still stores open on Christmas Eve. And like I got one more, one or two more gifts to get. One or two more things to do. One or two more things to buy. Things to make, cook, get ready, clean, whatever we're doing. We get caught up in all of that and we're moving so fast. By the time we know it, it's already the next year and we're like, what happened to Christmas? What happened? And we end up feeling like I felt. So Christmas just isn't the same anymore. It's not the same. It's different. Because we lose sight of what is important. We don't do what Mary did. We didn't shift our perspective by contemplating everything that was happening. See, Mary took what God was doing. She noticed what God was doing. Where where maybe no one else was noticing or paying attention to it. She noticed that there was something else happening. Something that she knew was going to be bigger than herself. And it says she stored it up in her heart. And she contemplated it. She took a moment to stop. So we talked about that before. We talked about the necessity to stop in life. Because we're moving all of the time. That's just the way our culture is built. The way we live, the way we're supposed to live, or the way people tell us we're supposed to live. We're supposed to be moving at 100 miles an hour. No days off, no rest, no nothing. The grind never stops. When You'll sleep when you're dead. 
But that's not what God wants us to do. If we want to really enjoy the holiday season, we have to take time to stop. If we want to know people, if we want to really know people in our lives, we have to take time to stop and talk to them. If we want to experience God and understand Him and realize the truth and the power of what happened in Jesus on Christmas, we have to stop and take it all in. Contemplate it. Meditate on it is another word. Because there's so much happening that we will miss if we're running right past it. Because that's our speed. We're running. But God wants us to walk, to stop, to rest, to take a moment to be in His presence. How much? How many of us actually take time on Christmas? We think about Christmas Day. What do we do? We wake up, open presents, go to party, go eat. How many? How how much of our time is actually spent stopping for the moment and contemplating on the story of Jesus and what He did for us? Because this story, as I think that Mary noticed, there was something more happening than we really realize. The shepherds are a big part of this story. Not because they were the first ones to start telling people that the Messiah had been born. But because of who they were and why God chose them. And I think Mary paid attention to that, that there was something more to it. Because shepherds in in that day were people that nobody really wanted to be around. They smelled like sheep because they slept with their sheep. They slept out in the fields. They were guarding their sheep all of the time. They were always around the sheep. So they smelled like sheep. That was a job that nobody wanted to take care of the sheep and the livestock. No one wanted to do that. Yet God chose shepherds to send his angels with the message. See, I think what we see here is that God chose the shepherds to show us how the story of Jesus makes space for us. See, through her contemplation, through her her choice to be able to understand what was going on, Mary made space for God in her life in that moment. And she saw that Mary, that God was making space for us as well. Because the shepherds in this story, the shepherds are interesting to know this story first. Because most of all, most, most likely the shepherds were away from their family. The shepherds were not anywhere near their family. They were probably having to do this job and register differently from the census or whatever. They were maybe away from family. They were out feeling maybe alone. They were the people that nobody wanted to be around. They were the people that people wanted nothing to do with. They didn't want to smell like them. They didn't want to be associated with them. They didn't want nothing to do with the shepherds. Yet God made space for them to tell them the story of what was happening so that they would be the first to know. The space that God makes for us in Christmas is just like that. Jesus represents something so much more than we often give Him credit for. 
We think that Jesus is this God that wants everyone to look exactly the same, to be exactly the same, to understand things, to believe things exactly the same as us. But that's not Jesus. Jesus makes space. Jesus connected, is here to connect us with God again. And so he makes space for the people that they feel like they have no one, no family. They feel alone. They make space for the people that no one wants to be around. He makes space for the people no one wants to be around. He makes space for the people who are tired. He makes space for people who are away from their families. He makes space for those who are hurting in this season. He makes space for those who are going through difficulties. He makes space for those who need Him the most. I don't know what those shepherds were going through in life, but they needed some good news maybe. And God made that space for them to give them the good news, to show them that there was something happening that would connect them back to the world, that would connect them back to Himself. That's what Jesus does for us. For those of us who feel alone. For those of us who are hurting. For those who during this season have difficult time being around their families. For those who have been cast out of their homes in the name of faith, in the name of God. Who those who have no home, for those who have no place to eat. Those people that are alone and suffering. Jesus makes space for them. Mary understood that. That Mary saw that. Mary took time to make space in her life. Because honestly, if you've ever been to like to see a baby after they're born, they don't ever let you see the baby right away. You know, they don't they don't let you go into the room right after the baby is born. Why? Because the mother needs time to rest. The baby needs time to rest. Everybody needs time to rest. But Mary allowed these people that she didn't even know into the home, into that space, because they knew what was going on. They had been told what was going on. And Mary said, I I don't have the right to withhold access to Jesus to them. What I need to do is open the doors so that they can be welcome in this space. Because Jesus isn't just mine. He belongs to everyone. That's who Jesus is. In this holiday season, in this Christmas season, we have to remember that. That above all else, Jesus is not just for us. For those of us who already believe in Jesus, who those who already follow Him and have a relationship with God, Jesus is not just for us. He's for everyone, whether they look like us, think like us, believe like us, behave like us. It doesn't matter what their sins are, what we think their sins are, how we look at them, how they're dressed, how anything. It doesn't matter. They deserve to be in Jesus's space. Because that's what he said to them. Everyone will come to me. Because I am opening my arms to them. I'm about to close here this morning, afternoon.
My challenge to you this morning is where do we need to make space? Like Mary, where do we need to make space in our lives for God? Maybe we need to slow down, take a moment, take a break from all the holiday preparations, all the holiday things, and just take a moment to be with God. What do we need to do like Mary to open our doors and open our hearts to those who are in need during this season? To give access to Jesus to others. We don't, we don't, have, we don't have a hold on that. If we think we do, we're wrong. Jesus belongs to everyone. That is what he came to do. To open the doors for everyone to know him. And there should be no question. No, nothing that we do, nothing that we try to say or try to do that should keep people out. Because every person, every human being deserves to be in the space with Jesus. Because they, like us, were created in his image. And he loves them. And there's nothing, not, not nothing we can do or anything anyone can do that can keep the love of God from others and from ourselves. So our challenge is, how do we make space this Christmas for God? And how do we make space to love? Would you stand with me this afternoon? As the worship team gets ready to, to, to lead us into a song, let's take this moment to stop Think about what Jesus has done for us. Think about what God has done for us. To make that space for him today. And ask him how we can do the same. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be here. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift you gave us in Jesus. Thank you for opening your arms to us, accepting us, and holding us tight and never letting us go. So forgive us, God, if during the holiday season we become so busy that we ignore you, that we ignore the most important thing, we ignore others who need you. So help us to see that. Open our eyes to see. Open our hearts to love. So that we do not forget what is most important during this time. That we see, like Mary saw, something more. Something beyond the ordinary in the middle of the ordinary. That you, God come to show us love. Let us not be in the way of that. 
any person we meet that might need to know you. In Jesus' name we pray. As the worship- we hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed day.